0: guys we are back with another solo episode i've been waiting to do this for the past two weeks it's crazy how after like not even three consecutive weeks of having guest episodes i get really impatient to do another solo it's almost like i get possessive over my listeners like i just want our one-on-one time again today's a really exciting day because well a few things first of all it's sunday which i stand by this sunday is like the manifestation of peace in a single day it's the day that has my heart with no competition. Second of all, it's an exciting day because my entire to-do list today, other than getting an almond croissant and a coffee, is to pack for Portugal. I fly out tomorrow evening. I fly out overnight to Europe. I'm going to Lisbon for a couple of days to meet up with my girlfriend Mia and then I'm going to spend some time on the Black Sea coast in Bulgaria and going back to europe is like the single thing that makes me happiest in the entire world i can't even explain the feeling of knowing that in two days i will step off of the plane and you know that moment when like you first land and you get off the plane and you get hit in the face with like a wave of like humid heat I'm so excited for that because Chicago has been treacherous and I'm really missing the Mediterranean heat right now. So I cannot wait to step off the plane into the humid Portugal heat and find somewhere to sit by the sea with a cold Coke Zero with lemon, a single shot of espresso, buy a pack of cigarettes and catch up with the love of my life, Mia. There's nothing like it. So I am a happy, happy girl. But before that, I wanted to record this episode for you. This is meant to be like a part two of kind of a series because I did an episode a few weeks back about my workout split. So I talked about my fitness routine, the routine that I've settled into with exercise after finally finding the way of working out and the split that bears the most optimal results for my body and for my mental. But obviously exercise is only like half of the story and the second half of it is nutrition and the two go hand in hand together and the nutrition piece is actually equally if not more important. So I wanted to put into a single episode where I'm at right now with my nutrition because I feel like actually right now is the time when I have settled into the most natural state in terms of what I'm eating, how I'm eating, my pattern of eating, my favorite foods that work best for my body. And i've also realized what my goal is when i make decisions about what to eat and what not to eat and the reason i say that is that the framework that i think about this in is that we are always optimizing every decision that we make we are optimizing for something whether we're aware of it or not so when you make decisions about what to put in your body you're probably either optimizing for weight loss or you eat to optimize for muscle gain, or for pure enjoyment of life, or you eat to optimize for convenience. If you think like Elon Musk, for example, doesn't care whatsoever about what he eats. He's just trying to, like if he could take a pill to get all the nutrition he needed, instead of having to spend 20 minutes sitting down and eating a meal, he would do that because he is optimizing for productivity and convenience and like minimum amount of time spent on cooking and food. So my point is like consciously or unconsciously, you're always optimizing for something. Every decision we make, we make in the frame of optimizing for something. When you decide what to do with your day, for example, you're optimizing for something. You make decisions about how to spend your time based on what you're optimizing for. If you, for example, are someone who likes to romanticize their life, then you're going to spend an inordinate amount of time on little like menial daily activities because you're optimizing for pure enjoyment of your life versus if you're someone who's optimizing for financial success or productivity or achievement of something, you're gonna make decisions in that frame and you're probably only gonna spend time on productive activities that move the needle towards the thing that you were optimizing for. The same is true for diet. So my point is like how you eat is a decision and you are inherently optimizing for something every single time that you make that decision. Whether it is conscious or subconscious, if you choose to eat clean and like low calorie foods, it's probably because in your mind, you're optimizing for weight loss. If you're eating huge amounts of protein, you're probably optimizing for muscle gain or for longevity. If you eat intuitively and you, you know, eat whatever the hell you're craving, it's probably because in your mind, you're optimizing just for pure enjoyment of life, or maybe you're optimizing for repairing like a healthy relationship with food. So that's why you eat intuitively. If you don't think about food at all and you just eat whatever's quickest out of convenience like Elon Musk, you're probably optimizing for convenience or for productivity. Again, like minimum amount of time spent on nutrition so you can focus on the other shit in your day. Either way, I think that how we eat is a reflection also in some way of what our values are. Because whether you r- realize it or not, again, you're, you make decisions about what to eat. In the frame of optimizing for some goal that you have in mind. So it kind of reflects what you value in your life at that point in time. As I just explained, like it could be a physical goal or it could be a lifestyle related goal. Or the goal could just be like, I want to enjoy my life. Long story short, like what I've realized about myself is that I eat to optimize for beauty. And that sounds strange, but hear me out. My thesis is this you, as cheesy as it sounds, you are what you eat. Like physically, every cell in your body at some point in time came from the food that you consumed. It came from what you ate. You nourish yourself with food. That food is broken down by your body and becomes the physical building blocks that make up your body over time. So your hair and your skin and your nails and your muscles and your brain and the energy that you have to walk and talk and move around as a human in this world, everything. Like it at some point in time came from... It comes from what you consume. And I think that what you eat has a lot to do with beauty. Because beauty is three things. Like one one third of it is chance. It's pure genetics. Like what you looked like at the fixed moment in time when you were born, the genes that you were born with. You can't control that. So forget about it because it's out of your control. But then after that fixed point in time, if you think about it, beauty is actually really controllable. Because after that, it is one third your health. So how you treat your body um, what you're eating, how you're moving your body, what nutrients you're deficient in versus what nutrients you're getting, whether you're doing your skincare routine, etc. And that's controllable. You can control that. And then the last third of it is the, pure, the like non-tangible, intangible, whatever the, the word is, the intangible component of beauty, which is how you walk, how you talk, how you show up in this world, how you carry yourself, how you treat others the aura the energy let's say that you have around you plays a lot into how beautiful someone is perceived to be so if you break it down into that equation you think about it beauty is actually maybe two-thirds controllable not just pure chance of what you objectively look like but it has so much more to do with your health and how you treat yourself and treat your body and treat others has so much of an impact on how beautiful you others perceive you to be and how beautiful you feel yourself when you wake up every day and leave the door and go walk around in the world. And that middle component, the nutrition and exercise piece, the how you're treating your body is the focus of this episode. Like I said, your physical body is the byproduct of not only genes, but of what you're consuming and how you're moving your body. So if you think about it simply, an easy way to achieve beauty, the way that we typically think about it, which is luscious healthy hair and strong nails and glowing skin and full eyelashes and energy to walk around confidently and be your best self whatever that the easiest way to optimize for that is to eat in a way that makes it easy for your body to create those physical attributes and it has to do primarily with the nutrients you're getting and with balancing your hormones at least that's what i've found to be true for myself so here's what i've learned: is the way of eating that works best me personally for my body and what i'm optimizing for and again like the clear disclaimer here is i never want to come across in a way that i'm telling somebody else what to eat obviously like for some people it's a really touchy subject i don't think that anyone's in a position to tell somebody else like how to live their life what you should eat what you should optimize for because again my goals are specific to me probably different from your goals and The way that I eat also might affect my body in a different way than it might affect somebody else's body. So this is purely like me sharing my own experience. But that being said, like I've spent a lot of time trying to narrow down what works best for me and like makes me the happiest and what foods I have the most fun cooking and eating and what things create the best results for my physical and my mental. And I think that I've found that. I'll also make the distinction between two segments, one, which is eating at home and two, which is eating out because the two are like very different. And eating out can either mean eating out at restaurants or it can mean eating while traveling, which is like a large portion of my life. And that also changes my habits because I usually can't cook at home when I'm traveling. So I'll talk about those two segments and then I'll talk also about the supplements that I take for beauty and for vitality, which is I don't like when people pair those two things together because I think it's different. Like I think that your diet should give you 90 to 99% of the nutrients that you need and only for what like you absolutely cannot get from the food that you're eating, you should take supplements to supplement. How do I eat when I'm at home? During the week, like if I'm cooking for myself in my everyday life when I'm like eating at home, I eat relatively low carb. And the only reason that I eat low carb in my typical meals throughout the week is to accommodate for being able to eat high protein and high fat. Eating high fat is interesting because it's something that a lot of women often shy away from, right? Because you equate fat as a macronutrient to being fat. But eating a large amount of healthy fats is is not going to make you fat. I promise it's not. Eating healthy fats is just going to give you like the plump glowing skin that you want and really like thick healthy hair and it's also going to satiate you and it's going to give you lots of amazing energy to thrive in your day. So I've found that like I feel amazing and also look amazing if I eat a lot of healthy fats. Healthy fats come from things like avocado, salmon, extra virgin olive oil, Greek yogurt, nuts, almond butter, eggs, things like that. That comprises a lot of my diet. I make myself salmon, for example, like at least once a week, and I probably have Greek yogurt every single day, either for breakfast or for a snack. Protein is the other macronutrient that I prioritize. Protein, because it's it's the building block, not only for muscle growth, but it's also the building block for your hair and for your skin to repair itself and to be healthy. So if you want fuller hair, for example, you may benefit from increasing the amount of protein that you're eating or generally the amount of nutrients that you're getting in your diet because... If you think about it, like it makes sense. Your body cannot grow like a strong, healthy lioness mane of hair out of nothing. It can't grow like the soft, sultry eyelashes that you want to bat at unsuspecting men. It can't grow those things if you're not eating a diet that is rich in nutrients so that it actually has the building blocks to grow the physical attributes that you want. That's why like you see the most beautiful women are the women who also coincidentally take care of their health and eat incredible like nutritious whole foods. Because those things are the foundation of what you will end up looking like. So I give my body the nutrients that it needs to support the health of the physical features that I want. And I think that that's important because so many people, especially women actually, like I'll specify, tend to eat in scarcity mode. And a lot of us, especially when we were like younger, ate like this, you try to eat as little as possible to maintain your figure or whatever you're concerned about. And you're scared of eating too much, even if it's like, too much of the right foods, of healthy foods. But it's that's kind of twisted because you need to eat in abundance if you want your body to be able to produce the physical features that are full and luscious and glowing or to have abundant energy to create the life you want, like whatever you're dreaming of. I feel like I've leaned into that abundance as I've gotten older and I'm a lot more focused on the quality of what I'm eating than the quantity of what I'm eating. So I would say I eat probably somewhere between 80 to 90 percent like whole foods unprocessed things that come from the earth also because processed foods are way more inflammatory to the body so like my skin does not respond to them very well i also eat a really large i try to eat a large variety of foods so especially when it comes to produce like fruits and vegetables variety is what helps your gut microbiome flourish if I'm making a salad, for example, I try to make it as colorful as possible to have like the greatest variety of different vegetables on my plate. In North America, people do this really interesting thing where they like cut up a bowl of romaine lettuce and then they drown it in Caesar dressing and they call it a salad. That like warrants jail time. I try to eat, again, a really big variety of vegetables. So I'll make salads with like spinach and arugula and cherry tomatoes and cucumbers and sweet bell peppers and microgreens. Like like all go crazy. Basically, the greater the larger the variety of fruits and vegetables that you are eating, the more populated your gut microbiome will be with all the healthy bacteria that you need. That's something like you probably know how important this is by now because I feel like on podcasts and in books, like recently, there's been a lot of attention on all these studies that have come out about how a healthy gut is actually really closely linked to things like. Brain health and skin health and hormonal health and is generally thought to be almost like the pillar of your overall health So i've been paying a lot more attention recently to gut health Like it's the same reason that I take a probiotic every single day when I wake up in the morning Non-negotiable and I think i've been doing that for about two or three years Like I said during the week I eat relatively low carb Like my lunches and dinners usually look like a big salad with a variety of colorful vegetables and a source of protein like chicken or fish I love squeezing lemon on everything because lemon's rich in vitamin C, which is good for your immune health. And vegetables too are also really high in fiber, which is just generally good for your gut health. I eat relatively low carb and that's for a couple of reasons. One is for me to have enough room or to be hungry enough even to eat a good amount of protein and fats, I have to eat lower carb. Else I just wouldn't be hungry enough to eat the amount of protein and fats that I want. Two is that because I know that on the evenings and weekends, I have treats that I love, like personally that are higher in carbs, like things like almond croissants and dark chocolate and espresso martinis, I opt for lower carb in my main meals just for balance. Now, the second part of my lifestyle is like, what am I doing when I'm eating out at restaurants or when I'm traveling? The fact that I travel a lot and have to eat at restaurants a lot is somewhat out of my control because it's just a, it has to do with work, but I still have a routine that I've fallen into when I'm eating out. My go-to order is usually some form of salad with a lean protein like salmon or shrimp or chicken. This, I promise, will be on the menu at almost any restaurant that you go to in the United States, so it's an easy go-to. With dinner, if it's later in the week, like, I'll love to have half a glass of wine. Red wine, for example, is, at least this is what I tell myself, it's rich in antioxidants. And it also helps me calm down at the end of like a stressful day, a busy day at client site, a busy day with meetings. And avoiding stress is really big for me. Like a huge, this is a huge part of my wellness routine. And I think about it as contributing to my beauty and contributing to health is like reducing stress. Because when I'm stressed, for example, my skin breaks out. I feel bloated. My sleep is worse. It's difficult to eat. Like my body reacts to stress very physically. So whatever I can do to reduce stress, I'm going to do it. Some is controllable, some is outside of the realm of my control, but sometimes if half a glass of wine is what I need to relax in the evenings, then I'm good with that. And other times, like a walk in the evening might be what I need to decompress. One thing I will say with alcohol is that I try, I don't overdo it. Alcohol is drying to the body, right? It dries your skin, it dehydrates you, and most types of alcohol do not provide any nutrients either. So Red wine with its antioxidants is one exception, but you know, the shot of tequila you're taking on a Thursday night at happy hour is not doing anything positive for your body. It's empty calories. So I see alcohol as something that can be fun for the soul, but not for the body. So it still has a place in my life, but it has a place in very, very moderate amounts. And I've learned that the sweet spot for me on a night out is to drink maybe one glass of wine or two, or have an espresso martini for taste, but once I start to feel a little bit tipsy, I'll stop there. Anything more is gonna break me out in the morning, and if it's in the context of, let's say, a project team dinner where everybody around the table is drinking, I'll have even less. Like, I'll just have half a glass of wine and then sip on hot water with lemon for the rest of the night because I operate from a place of eating for beauty and being careful of what I consume for that reason, And I also think like in the context of work, sometimes you want to be careful about how tipsy you get just for the sake of maintaining composure. One trick that I love that I found a while ago is called piscine de champagne, which is in French means basically like a a pool of champagne. And it's a drink that you can order if you're in a social setting where everybody is drinking and you want to maintain composure or you don't want to drink an inordinate amount of alcohol. This is a trick that was first, I think it was first popularized by French women, but specifically diplomat wives in France back in the day. And the trick was you order a glass of champagne or you order a glass of white wine and you tell the waiter to put a big ice cube in it or a few big ice cubes in it. So that way, I know it seems bizarre sometimes to pair ice with wine, but that way as the ice melts, it waters down the wine and it hydrates you so you won't get drunk as quickly and you can be sipping on the same drink for 2 hours while everybody else at the function goes through 5 or 6 drinks it's also, you know, dilutes the wine so you're getting water with the alcohol so it doesn't dehydrate you as much another trick, more simple, could just be that if you are in a setting where you're having multiple drinks Have a glass of wine in between each drink so that you're staying hydrated. Because again, everybody knows if you go out on a crazy night drinking, you're going to wake up in the morning, your skin is going to look like shit because it's dehydrated, you're going to have breakouts, and you're going to be craving like disgusting, greasy food because your body's just trying to soak up the alcohol. I do wish I could cook more often. Like when I'm out traveling, I think that's the one thing that I miss the most, but it's give and take for a job that I love. So the main supplements that I take and the reasons that I take them. Omega-3 fatty acids for again plumpness of skin, but also hair health and brain health. If you haven't already there's an episode Actually 10,000 episodes probably but there's a doctor called Daniel Amen I think he's a psychiatrist, but he's known for his research on the brain and brain health He's been on lots of podcasts He just went on the skinny confidential again but I still think that his episode with Ed Milette on his podcast is one of the best and He says a lot of really interesting things about brain health that I'd recommend listening to. Specifically, two of the supplements he recommends taking for brain health are omega-3 fatty acids and also vitamin D for mood purposes. The next supplement I take is magnesium, and that is primarily for muscle recovery and also for hydration. Like it helps your body absorb electrolytes. So I take magnesium every single night before bed so that i don't wake up sore the next day so that my muscles can relax so that i can sleep well and so that i can stay hydrated probiotics like i said for digestion and also for skin health because of the links between your gut microbiome and your skin probiotics have made a difference in my skin especially as someone who's like i struggle with when i was younger i had really bad acne and i still get breakouts every now and then so i take a probiotic every single morning on an empty stomach maca is probably my favorite supplement and it's for female hormonal health so girls if you're listening to this take maca she will make you horny and it's just generally good for healthy hormones and regulating your cycle and all of that vitamin c is the last one i take and it's because vitamin c is a known precursor to collagen production so everyone's heard of collagen obviously it's like the buzzword in health supplements nowadays Collagen, interestingly enough though, is like found in a lot of food that you eat naturally. So if you eat meat and seafood, you're probably getting enough collagen and you might not even need to take a supplement. If you're a vegetarian, let's say, collagen could be a good idea. But I think that when it comes to collagen, like I would rather be, what I've decided is I would rather be getting it naturally from the foods that I'm eating than to apply it topically. A lot of skincare products nowadays will have vitamin C or collagen as the buzzword on the packaging. But I think it is more effective and this is completely just a hunch like I could be wrong tell me if i'm wrong but I think that Getting things like collagen and vitamin c by consuming it and just having this part of your diet is more effective than applying it Topically like i'd rather be getting it from the inside out So those are the supplements i'm taking right now This might change in two weeks or a month I like to play around with supplements as I think I need them like again I want what my goal is to be getting the majority of the nutrients that I need to be beautiful and to have energy and to feel good from what I'm eating. And only if I feel like there is something I'm missing or there's a specific function that a supplement serves, I'll add it in as an addition, as a little extra, like the little cherry on top. And everything I said, I know that this seems like a lot of information. It seems like something that requires a lot of thinking and it is a lot of information, but what I love is that because I've become so used to eating in this way, like this is just my norm now is during the week eating relatively low carb, but it's still enjoying the treats that I like, like almond croissant and a cappuccino and dark chocolate always on Sundays. And I know that everything that I just said, it seems like a lot of information and it is. But what I love is that because I've become so used to eating in this way, like this is just my norm, like eating, clean, whole foods, relatively low carb during the week, and then on the weekends and evenings, always enjoying my favorite foods, like the almond croissants and the dark chocolate and a half a glass of wine, because this has just become my norm. Like it's become so natural for me that I don't actually feel like I have to make a lot of decisions about what to eat. I actually don't think about it that much because it's like, it is just such a deeply ingrained Behavior Like this is just how I eat and I love the way that I eat because I feel like I found the sweet spot that works the best for my body. Like my body responds well to it. My energy levels respond well to it, etc. There's something to be said about how decision fatigue is a thing. Like if you think about it again as the frame of you are optimizing for something, it is easier to make the decision once about what you are optimizing for. Versus having to make the decision every single time that you want something to eat what you were going to eat So I made the decision once that I'm optimizing for beauty So then I take everything that I know and I know that every decision I make it is in that Frame of I'm gonna eat the things that make me look and feel the most beautiful I think the decision is no longer the roadblock. What took longer is probably the education piece gathering information about what nutrients come from what foods and how I can use food as a tool for beauty that's the hard part and that's still ongoing like I'm still learning about things like that but the decision comes easily once you have figured out what you are optimizing for if you remove the decision overload the good thing too is that you will have more mental capacity to attribute to other things in life If you find any kind of value in this episode, send it to your best friend, send it to your mom share it with anybody. One step further that would help me a ton is if you leave a rating and review on the pod, that makes a huge difference. The main way that podcasts grow on platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts is through ratings and reviews. That's what like gets the algorithm to push it to more people. So if you can take literally 30 seconds to write a review, I don't care what you say, like just tell me what your favorite episode is. Any kind of feedback you want to leave, stuff you want to hear from me, or guests that you want to have on the podcast, let me know. I promise I read all of them and I would be super grateful.